The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome back, everyone, to Neo Reality Collective Podcast, the pop culture news talk. I'm your host, Eric Brown, and today we're going to cover a bunch of news this week. And then next week, heading into Wednesday, we will be covering Immortal X-Men Issue 2 after several delays have happened due to the printing crisis. Damn you, coronavirus and paper crisis! But let's get right into things and get underway of the news. The authors of pain, remember them? Uh, Akon Razor... Uh, yeah, uh, they're back, they're back to wrestling again, and this time they're founding their own promotion, Wrestling Entertainment Series, so, they're part, they're founding a new promotion as part of their press release, they came out and announced that they will be debuting on June 4th live from the Motor Point Arena in England, and will be able to watch live around the world on Fight TV. Okay, so, uh, you already got some big, some, some big shot, a big shot on the arm, some strong cash infusion, I bet. You even got Paul Aaron coming back to be their manager and the, to reestablish their office of paint status. So, let's have to go. <laughs> oh, man. I heard about this and I was like, like, more promotions are good, especially the UK needs to recover right now after everything that happened in the last few years. So, <laughs> oh, man. Also, big news on Gotham Knights, uh, the upcoming four-player game, uh, for the upcoming team-based battle game, Gotham Knights' PS4 and Xbox One versions have been officially canceled, making it a next-gen exclusive console game, and PC, no longer set for reveal, and the, after the delay, the game will arrive on October 25th for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC via Epic Games and Steam only. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> this is the event. This will be set in several universes for the Arkham games again and features a composition specifically designed for co op. There have been rumors that Switch was a previously two player co op to a full four player game, but the tra- trailer disavowed the idea. And yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, can I just get a single-player good story? Like, the co-op thing is good, but can we make that, like, a live feature and, like, make that a, like, an ex- a, a, like a multiplayer mode, not just it has to be this? <sighs> okay. Team Fortress 2, meanwhile, players are protesting the game's massive bot problem to the point where the uh, bots are no longer are making the game more unplayable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. IGN comprehended an investigation, and yeah, it's been described as literally unplayable, and yeah, it's really bad. The Team Fortress 2 community is mad, and they want a response lamenting the rampant botting issues with Team Fortress 2. 
And they're trying to reach out to media and Valve employees in hopes to enough pressure to force developers to take action. I tried to wonder why, but this is Valve. They don't care. So, not surprised. Also, because Square Enix hates itself, and they can't apparently do a severance, they can't take back their deal before the processing was done, um... Square Enix wants to build new studios and require more and build new IPs after selling Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal to Embracer Group for $300 million, with a host of IPs such as Deus Ex, Tomb Raider, Thief, and more. I just got done playing Guardians of the Galaxy again, so... Yeah, they're idiots. Yeah. It's uh, annoying, isn't it? That they're doing this. They're really pushing the envelope of their stupidity. It's really annoying. Like, oh my god, they should have just really thought this through. Meanwhile, everyone's favorite Loki, Loki, Tom Hiddleston, has confirmed that production will be starting this summer in season two of the Loki TV show, Oh, on Disney Plus. Telling Entertainment Tonight that camp will start rolling very soon, and that he's excited the prospect of getting the band back together, seemingly making a reference to the returning co-stars Owen Wilson, and who reprises their roles as Mobius, Mobius, and Mobius, and Renslayer saying we're starting very soon almost as soon as I leave this room not quite but it's around the corner we'll be certainly be going in the summer in the same interview Loki creator Michael Waldron who penned the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness script know the upcoming season will take strides in peeling back the layers of Hills and God of Mystery to reveal some new and different aspects of his character we're also dealing with the fallouts from the events of the first season that created the multiverse it's just a continued evolution of the character. That's what was always important to Tom, and that's what's important to me. If we're going to continue the first season story in the second season, we have to cover new emotional ground, and the great news is that the character keeps revealing new layers of texture and complexity. Beyond picking up the pieces left behind in the first season and developing further developing the characters, Loki Season 2 will take stock of the multiverse of madness and how these events might impact the time variance authority with Waldron teasing that after everything that happened in the movie, there's probably some branches going all over the place. I imagine Mobius out there watching this on a monitor, having a light up on the series saying, oh my god, I guess we'll have to wait and find out what that means for those guys. He said pondering the potential repercussions for touching on his person joining gang to work with Tom to continue bringing Loki to life. So, <clears throat> after Loki sees his first season's director, executive producer Kay Heron previously confirmed she would not be back for the next installment. Marvel has reportedly tapped Justin Benson and Aaron Moonherd do co-direct a majority of the episodes based on their past work, including the recent involvement with Moon Knight. As that has also come out with some information regarding the producers heading into other projects. Meanwhile, a new Silent Hill game is set to be rumored around the corner, with a new screenshot being leaked that seems to indicate that this will probably be a new Silent Hill or, or a remake of their old game. Uh, no idea, but here's my best way to describe it. It's probably going to suck considering Konami has fallen from grace in recent years. They're only just putting out stuff just to still say we're a gaming company, but we're mostly focusing on pachinko machines. So... Oh, man. 
So Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, yeah, he's known as the Doctor Strange, Doctor Stephen Strange. But he turned down a previous role in the MCU that would have cast him as a villain. In a recent interview with BBC Radio 1, Cumberbatch related to the story of how he turned down the role of Malakath, uh, Malachi in Thor The Dark War, resulting when he went to Christopher Eccleston. Cumberbatch, who was fresh off of Star Trek Into Darkness, apparently wanted a role that was a bit more juicy. The Doctor Strange role happened after Idea needed after, funnily enough, another title. Another little dance I did for another MCU character, very brief character. I was bold enough to say I'm really flattered to be invited to the party, but I'd rather hold out for something a bit more juicy. Which eventually got to uh, Cumberbatch becoming Doctor Strange. So, <laughs> man. Doctor Strange. Yeah, better than Cumberbatch put out, uh, did the right thing. Um, because I don't even think Thor the Dark World's even mentioned anymore. Like, at best, you got the closure Thor got with his mother, but that could have been put in Thor Ragnarok, in all honesty, if you really wanted to do it. But, okay. <laughs> so... Starfield and Redfall have been delayed to next year, and everyone's for some reason pissed. I do not know why they are pissed at a game being delayed, because I would rather have the game be delayed so it can be improved upon, as opposed to being released and being wrecked for a lifetime on the first impressions. First impressions are important. And Phil Spencer says we hear the feedback and has taken to Twitter responding on knowledge of the fans and disappointment while also saying that delivering quality consistently is expected and here's the feedback. We insisted are hard on teams making the games and our fans. While I fully support giving teams time to release these great games when they are ready, we hear the feedback delivering quality consistently is expected. We will continue to work to meet better those expectations. Which I, I'm just gonna just say once again. You do remember what happened with Cyberpunk, right? And the madness that happened with that. Like. Really? Like, no one thought, hey, maybe we should delay it. If they felt that way. But. And, like, really, we got a much better fleshed-out game two years after its release, and look how that turned out. <laughs> so, back onto the gaming stuff. Dead Space Remake gets a release date and a load of new concept art, or set for January 27, 2023. In addition, they released a trove of new concept art for fans to pick through. But EA says it is indicative in, of the in-game footage. It does offer an idea of the scope that the developing is going forward to the updated version of Dead Space. So, yeah. Um, I'm still worried that EA is going to wreck this. That or something bad's going to come out, and uh, then we're all screwed. Anyways, so U.S. Senator Michael F. Bennett plans to introduce a new bill. To, but plan to introduce a new bill on May 12 that would establish a new commission that will focus on regulating big tech and protecting consumers. There's the Digital Platform Commission Act, would create five new-person panel 
article that will help federal watchdogs of some of the most influential tech companies based in the U.S. Notes that this agency would have the power to create new rules such as requiring these companies to be more transparent about their content moderation guidelines. The Washington Post also notes that the bill would establish a code council consisting of technology and public interest experts, which would create technical standards and policies for the commission to consider. Additionally, a research office would be formed to allow the agency to internally research big tech companies with the ability to coordinate with outside academies. It's past time for a comprehensive approach to regulate digital platforms that have amassed extraordinary power over American economy, society, and democracy. Senator Baird told Washington Post his motivation for introducing the bill was due to disinformation he viewed in his work while serving on the Senate Intelligence Committee and witnessing the impact social media has had on his children. Aww, isn't that sweet? I'm pretty sure something terrible is going to come out about him, isn't it? Meanwhile, Elon Musk, you know, the guy who was going to buy Twitter and everything. Yeah, he just came out saying the Twitter deal is temporary on hold, pending details supporting calculation that spam fake accounts do indeed represent less than 5% of users. He also then posted subsequent tweets that Musk has still made it clear that he's still committed to acquisition. Um, yeah. Oh, God. This is so bad. I'm kind of convinced at this point this was a publicity stunt. Like, the severance fee is a $1 billion pay cut, but, like, Twitter still gets a billion dollars at the end of it, so I'm sure they win out something. And they got publicity more publicity than they've had in years. Uh, the, the actively put on fire by Donald Trump. But, um... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was... This sucked. Uh, that kind of sucked. I, I don't know why we did this. It felt like a massive waste of time. I'm hoping this leads to a cut of the ending of the acquisition and we can just get back to the status quo and not panic every single second of the day. Oh, God. But we'll, we'll have to see what happens in the coming weeks and months. Oh, God. We'll be back after these messages, after these commercial breaks. Stay tuned for more and we'll be see you after the, after the ad break. Take care. Hey everyone, remember Alan Wake? Well, we're getting a TV show by AMC, so uh, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> so Remedy came out in an update saying, uh, we were quite a while ago talking about the Alan Wake TV show. Well, AMC, the wonderful, wonderful home for absolutely brilliant TV shows, has bought the rights for Alan Wake, and we have been collaborating on making a TV show happen. <sighs> okay, so... This is a thing that, that that bugs me about this. They've been playing this since 2018 that there were talks of creating one. And I feel like, can we just get the trilogy of games first or whatever anime series to get the storyline going ending? Because we got Alan Wake, we got this the arcade game Alan Wake, and we got... Control, which is apparently set in the same universe as Alan Wake, but in terms of like it being part of the same universe, uh, that's still on the up and up on that. 
as part of the initiative of getting gaming content to TV, such as The Last of Us series on HBO and Twisted Metal show for Peacock. So, yeah, it seems we're getting a new gaming arms race. Good luck with that. Uh, Meanwhile, Moon Knight producers have moved on to the Fantastic Four MCU movie. Grant Curtis and Nick Pippen and have lined, already lined up for the next Marvel gig for the upcoming Fantastic Four. In a recent interview with ComicBook.com, Moon Knight head writer Jeremy Slater revealed that Curtis and Pippen, um, two of the executive producers of the series, have enlisted to work on another MCU project, confirming they are now both on board for the Fantastic Four movie, which is in early stages of development. My execs at the Moon Knight are the same guys who are running Fantastic Four. So we had a lot of talks about it. I was like, I'm not going to pitch you for anything because honestly, you don't need my stink on it. Grant and Nick are amazing executives. They're going to find brilliant writers and brilliant directors. Slater penned the first draft of Josh Trank's Fantastic Four commercial and critical failure. The only one I die from his initial script actually ended up in the final theatrical release. Ouch. Still, he's giving the next Fantastic Four a reboot a wide breath. Not that he's recognized that it's not something he necessarily needs to have his name attached to again. I can't wait to see it as a fan, but I just know that no one will ever accept a Jeremy Slater Fantastic Four film for very good reason. If your Uber driver shows up and you're like, oh, I saw that guy drunk driving last week, you don't get in the car with him. I think there's some things I just probably need to steer clear for the rest of my career. Ouch. Oh boy. And after John Watts left, that's... Oh god. That just got hurt. So, ouch. So, Disney is lightly having a wake-up call uh, um, regarding the whole history of... Uh, regarding the history of their very questionable practices. Um... Disney is pretty confident that his films can succeed without the Chinese market because after what they did with Doctor Strange, of course they would say something like that. And after what happened with Shang-Chi and Eternals, of course they would want to go and say that enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 he's kind of convinced that, yes, these movies will probably not do well in China, and and in Multiverse of Madness case, it did not get a release in China, and according to Chepik, the CEO, it's box office where just crossed $500 million in less than a week in other markets, so they're pretty confident that they don't need China, so <laughs> ouch for China, like if Disney can say it, that I'm pretty sure all the other movie industries are going to come in and think we don't need China, or this stinking water so, Senator Josh Harley has proposed a bill that if successful would see Disney immediately lose the copyright for the original Mickey Mouse. As reported by Deadline, the bill would ultimately reduce copyright protections from 95 years to 56 if it passes, meaning Disney would lose its older copyrights. While the bill itself generically refers to entertainment or theme park corporations with market capitalization of more than $150 billion, Harley mentions woke corporations like Disney before Blaine saying it's time to take away Disney's special privileges. I mean, Disney having power like the way they do, fine, but woke, I'm like, you have a governor and Ron DeSantis going ahead ranting up the, ranting up the hills, 
So, yeah. The bill is the latest string of Republicans moving against Disney and the company spoke against the parental rights and education law, which bars discussion of gender identity from kindergarten until grade three. So basically, Disney is like, okay, we believe in this now after we were convinced by employees to stop being horrible people. Well, then we will destroy you. So, yeah, big tech. So we're finally getting the dream of politicians fighting against corporate America on the grounds that they can't post their horrible, they can't say, they can't pass their horrible rhetoric. Whoopee. So, remember how Tom Cruise was always gonna be superior Iron Man? Well, the, the writer announced that Tom Cruise being superior Iron Man was never an option for Doctor Strange. Saying, yeah, that was totally made up. There, I mean, there is no cut footage of Tom Cruise. Although it was entirely fictional, that doesn't mean it wasn't considered. I love Tom Cruise. I said to President Marvel Studio President Kevin Feige at one point, I was like, could we get Tom Cruise's Iron Man? I remember reading about it in the Ain't It Cool News back in the day that Tom Cruise was going to be Iron Man. As it was being talked about online, I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Continued. But when he followed the idea to the Marvel boss, he was reminded that Cruz was already busy shooting Miss Impossible Day Reckoning Part 1, and everyone else who didn't believe it called it. I just don't think it was an avail- ever an option because of availability. But with all this in mind, could Cruz ever appear, reappear in the role of Iron Man in the future? Don't necessarily count out. After losing out Iron Man to Robbie Downey Jr., Cruz has been, in fact, hey. Uh, in fact, has taken a very different turn. In fact, Cruz has said, stated he just doesn't make those kinds of movies. Look, I really enjoy those films a lot. I enjoy them, he said back in 2016. But I make Missions and Reacher just kind of different films. I mean, that was 2016. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that has radically changed in the years following. Either way, Marvel's slate is now already pretty packed, so if Cruz ever does suit up in an alternate universe version of Iron Man, it's likely to be just a fun cameo. But, uh, yeah, we should really bet on it. But, uh, would I like to see him? Yeah, sure. A former Respawn Entertainment developers claimed that requests from the team members to make the protagonist of Jedi Fallen Order female and or black were shut down. The responsibility center of the fact that the Star Wars franchise has had a female lead after the movie's Ray and the game already had two primary black characters. Uh, Nora Schmark, Schmidt, I can't pronounce that last name, a lightning artist at Respawn who worked on Fallen Order tweeted below the multiple employees pushed for a black or female protagonist during development before the game launched in 2019 but rejected because the game and wire franchise already represented those communities. I mean, like, I would probably not go for the Ray story because using Ray as your example would be a terrible idea because Ray was just not a good character, in my opinion, but that's a different subject. If you liked Ray, fine. But I personally did not like Ray. If they were going to say, let's make our character like Ray, OPSF. But yeah. These tweets were spotted on Game's radar, and. Uh. And the direction was changed. We're not going in that direction because we already have two people back in the black, black people in the game. And Ray is a woman. We can't do that too. But everyone does. But a lot of people don't like Ray. They feel like her potential was wrecked because they kept Disney had an agenda. So, yeah. Then she also wrote, uh, "Guess what the demographic of people are making those decisions look like?" Ouch. 
Following up on her previous tweet, she also added that these decisions were made at response level, not the result of an evil EA or an overly controlling Lucasfilms or Disney. Ouch. Hmm. Honestly, I don't really care of the FNC. Like, this is just my opinion. Like, I just like a good story with good characters and good writing. So, Kevin Feige decided to shoot himself in the foot in an interview regarding Kamala Khan's uh, MCU powers differing from the comics, admitting that, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, saying about uh, how she came came into about in a very specific time within the comic book community, and now she's coming to the specific time within the MCU community, and those two didn't match. Oh, dear. So, yeah. In the comics, Kamala Khan is depicted as an inhuman. She's completely unaware of her inhuman heritage until the day she's exposed to her cloud terrigen mists after the events of Infinity, and her power suddenly manifests, becoming a polymorph, meaning she is able to stretch and expand her body to all sorts of states. But this is not how it's going to be in the MCU, where it's going to have from a mystical bracelet. However, instead of making her stretchy, the bracelet generates a purple energy aura that... Kamala can use to form fish, shield herself, or even walk on air. Kenafagi explains the source of these powers will be explored in the series. Except, um... Oh, God. So... This is what he also says. If he just had said that, I don't think it would have been much of a problem. But then he says, uh... This. If you want big, giant hands and arms, well, they're here in spirit, if not in stretchy, plastic-type ways. I get the... the <sighs> you could have also... Like, the continuity stuff I get, like, the humans have not been portrayed in the MCU aside from their terrible TV show. And from what I heard about Multiverse of Madness, they're in another universe, so take that what you will. But, it ter- but like, the Inhumans aren't in the MCU, as far as I'm aware. And as far as we're also aware, we have not established mutants yet, even though there's some evidence to the contrary regarding the Scarlet Witch movie, Black Wi- Scarlet Johansson movie, Black Widow, and that we're teasing that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were probably mutants due to a, quote, abnormality in their genetics, according to some tie-in, tie-in graphs and whatnot for the MCU in a book. But that wasn't really exploited in the shows, or the movies, so yeah. But to say we keep talking about like, I think the other reason people are concerned is because if you make this part of the story and it becomes quote popular enough, they'll transition into a comic and then they'll retcon her powers out of existence, making everything pointless. So anyways, the evil EA is teasing four games in 2023, including a new remake and major IP, a partner title and a sports title. Yay. I'm so glad. I can't wait, especially after FIFA ended their deal with EA. Hooray, EA's no more. FIFA's no more. Hooray. 
So anyways, Netflix may have ads at the end of by the end of 2022, so uh, you might get pissed off. John Tr- John Kristarinskin. Uh, okay, let me just just spoiler alert. Reed Richards, Jack Ryan series reportedly ending after season four, but it may get a spinoff. <laughs> we reportedly conclude its run with the upcoming fourth season with Amazon's eyes for a spinoff centered around another character according to Deadline. So, John, Jack Ryan, the actor who played him, has signed off for four seasons, and, and while it doesn't ha- and it has already filmed the three third season, which does not yet have a release date, production now said to be underway for the fourth one. After that, there are reportedly no plans to continue the series, and they're thinking of having a spinoff series with the character Demango Odin Chavez. I butcher that completely. Marriage character for the Tom Clancy Literacy Universe, having appeared in 22 novels, this character will be introduced in Jack Ryan Season 3 before he takes a more significant role in Season 4. So, yeah, this will set the stage for the spin-off series, probably, but let's hope things end on a positive note. Finally, a somber moment has come. Apple is discontinuing the iPod Touch after 20 years. While supplies last, the iPod Touch will be available at several retailers as well as Apple's direct website while supplies last, but it's beneficial. They have said that the MP3 player is essentially redundant amid Apple's range of other products that are capable of playing music. To name a few, the iPhone, iPad, and HomePad Mini. First coming out in 2001, 26 different iterations. And the last model is the 7th generation iPod Touch, released back in 2019, one year before the pandemic happened. Farewell, iPod, you will be truly missed. Especially when I have to remember every day that I was robbed once, if I luckily got it back. Though that a-hole did take all my, deleted all my content on there. So, uh, yeah, so, uh. Yeah, that, that was a bad day for us all. And that was when Halo 4 came out. But enough about the past. Let's finish this off. This was Neo Reality Collective. Stay tuned for this last ad break and the outro. And we'll see you all next time. Take care. Have a good day. And keep popping. Be sure to donate to the brand. And keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.